Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's How Do We Fix It with Richard and Jim. What you don't know about personal finance can cost you a ton of money. Rebecca Jarvis. One of the things that drives me nuts is the number of charlatans out there who are selling products saying it can't lose, it can't fail, you're going to make money here no matter what. Anyone who tells you it's a sure bet, run. Run the other direction because it's never a sure bet and the people who say it is are usually lying. Our show is about fixes. Yeah, how to make the world a better place. How How do do we we fix fix it? it? How do we fix it? So, Jim, most people know very little about money, or not very much, but they're confident about what they know, or what they think they know. Right, right. (laughs) And that misplaced confidence can actually cost people a lot of money. Yeah, very expensive. Today, the importance of financial education, being money smart, and avoiding unnecessary risk. Our guest is the money smart Rebecca Jarvis, Chief Business Technology and Economics Correspondent for ABC News. And we're actually doing something new. We're recording this podcast in her lovely office. Rebecca's office at ABC News. And, and, and full disclosure here, Rebecca's a friend of mine. We worked together for, for years at ABC when I was full-time at ABC Radio. So welcome, Rebecca. Welcome to my office. It's great to have you guys here. Oh, it's yeah, great to right. be here. So the first thing I noticed is that you have a bottle of Patron tequila <laughs> and a martini shaker, but the shot glasses are missing from the table. So I want to know, is that going to be after the podcast or are we going to take a break midway? It'll certainly make us more self-confident, which, which, which is a good thing in life. But when it comes to money, self-confidence can be a huge drawback. There's so many people out there who think that they know about money. Like you said, they don't actually know what they're talking about. They don't actually know what the financial products mean. And that can cost you hundreds of dollars a day, thousands of dollars over a lifetime. Yeah. So one of the reasons why we did this podcast and our excuse for for getting you on How Do We Fix It is this big study that came out from FINRA, uh, which is a financial regulatory body. And they asked 25,000 people about their knowledge and attitudes on money. And some pretty interesting it was findings, pretty depressing. right, Jim? Yeah. I mean, and all up and down the survey, the level of financial knowledge is pretty minimal. And I kind of feel like the less money you have, the more important it is. Because it's harder to make up for your bad decisions. Clearly. And and the other thing that the study found is that our understanding is actually getting worse over the time. People might be doing smarter things with their money, but our understanding of how the whole thing works is actually getting 
less and less strong. Why? Yeah. So give me an example of that. There are so many sources bombarding you. If you listen to podcasts, you're going to get information. If you look at the internet, you're going to get information. You watch television, you're going to get information. And one of the things that drives me nuts is the number of charlatans out there who are selling products saying it can't lose, it can't fail. You're going to make money here no matter what. A lot of people hear that and they think, you know what? It's too complicated. I'm just going to go with the guy who tells me it's a no-lose scenario. It's a win-win scenario. And that's a very dangerous thing for people to do because, and this is what I always say, anyone who tells you it's a sure bet, run. Run (laughs) the other direction because it's never a sure bet and the people who say it is are usually lying. What is the main financial misconception from viewers? I think one of the big things is debt. And what does debt mean? And how does debt work over a lifetime? And the FINRA study even looked at this question. The it, question it of to, p- compound interest, Exactly. Right? Yeah. Compound interest. So they asked this question about if you have a $1,000 credit card balance and the credit card is charging you 20% each year and you don't pay down the balance, at what point does your amount of debt double? Most people thought it would take a very long time. Well, guess what? Compound interest means that your balance, that $1,000 balance, in about three and a half years will be a $2,000 balance. Most people don't fully recognize just how quickly that debt grows when you don't pay it down. And it's very dangerous when it comes to credit card debt. Yeah, most people don't realize that credit card debt is a terrible way to borrow money because when we have, for instance, the interest rate on a typical home equity loan now below 4%, the average credit card, it's above 20%. And and so credit card debt is a hugely complicated thing, and a lot of people don't fully appreciate how problematic it can be. Don't you feel like the way the credit card bills are presented, they're kind of encouraging you not to pay off the principal. Minimum payment. Right. There, there's a, That's in bold. Yes, and, and there's an exactly. option. You just click it. Exactly. Right. I, I think another thing, and, and this is something that I hear all the time, there are some financial experts who will claim that you should, instead of paying that credit card debt down, save. Well, if you're putting that money into a savings account, you're getting paid right now with interest rates where they are, which is near rock bottom. You're getting paid virtually nothing for those savings. Meantime, you're collecting more and more debt and it's growing exponentially. So a real big key for anyone who has any credit card debt, and this will be the simplest lesson, pay it off. Pay it off before anything else. You take the highest interest rate debt that you own and you start paying it off immediately. So that's solution number one. Okay, good. (laughs) Got that one out of the way. Let's do it. Yeah. Retirement saving. A lot of people are not saving anything at all. Um, I think it's 60% of people are either spending more than they earn or not putting anything away. The reason it's so important to start saving right away is that kind of in the opposite way of debt not putting money aside for retirement costs you money every single day you're not doing it. You hear it all the time, I'm sure. You want to max out your 401k. You put in the maximum amount to get the match from your employer. That's key. If you're not getting the match from your employer, that's money you're leaving on the table. That's income that you're saying to your employer, that's okay. You can keep it. You don't have to pay me as much this year. What about with the gig economy, though? A lot of young people, a lot of millennials, they don't work 
for an employer, they work for themselves. So they work for a bunch of different people. That's a great point. So even in the gig economy, even if you are self-employed or you're an entrepreneur, you still want to be putting that money aside. And there are a lot of ways that you can do it. Uh, I'm not endorsing any of these products, but there are a number of inexpensive brokerages, relatively speaking, the E-Trades of the world, the Scott Trades of the world. You can open a Roth IRA, start putting money into that Roth IRA, max it out as as much as you possibly can. And you can park your money, especially if you're young, you can park your money in an S&P 500 Vanguard index fund. There's some of the lowest cost funds out there. You're going to essentially match the S&P 500 with what you get each year, even if it's a down year, annualized over the course of your lifetime until you hit retirement, you're going to get about a six to seven percent yearly return. So that's solution number two. Okay. Uh, now, <laughs> is, thank you, Jim. I like how you guys do this. <laughs> so um, as someone who, in journalism, uh, I've run a lot of magazines. I've hired a lot of people early in their careers. And this is something I always have told my employees, like, you've got to start early, even if it's just a few dollars. Uh, yes. Because, you know, it's a field that doesn't pay that well, especially at the beginning. I just find so many people would think, I just can't think about that, right? You know, I'll be mm-hmm. making a lot more money when I'm in my 30s. I'll worry about it then. What do you say to them? I say it's going to cost you. I, I, even you put in that small amount right now, it, 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 it again, compound interest helps mm-hmm. you in this case. If, as long as you start to make it a habit. And this started out as a conversation about financial literacy. And there's really two components to living a better financial life. You have to know and understand what's out there. And number two, you have to do it. And habit is a big part of doing these things. Getting into the habit early on and automating, just automatically having the money come out, is a a benefit to anyone who is going to think about how they want to live their life in the future. Because if you're not thinking about that now, it's not going to be pretty when you get there. That reminds me of of Charles Duhigg, a guest on one of our shows recently, Smarter, Faster, Better is his book, all about the power of habit and why it's a a good idea to pay attention to that. Yeah, just making it automatic. So you're not having to say, oh, now I have to take out this money. It's just never in your checking account to begin with. (laughs) Right. You're not not going to get to go out and spend that money at a restaurant or at a bar. It's it's coming out. You're not right. even thinking about it. So let's talk for a moment about your story. Okay. All right. <laughs> where, where did your passion for money come from? Or at least to be smart about money. Is it your mom? or? or... I love how you put that passion for money. Yeah. So for me, my mom is a financial journalist and she works for the Chicago Tribune and a lot of my lessons started really young on money. And that's another thing. I think from a parent standpoint, there are ways that you can incorporate lessons about money into everyday life. For example, when my sister and I were little kids and my mom would take us to the grocery store, everything was about coupons and how much do things cost. And she made it into a game for us so that it didn't feel like something that was a negative. It was actually a positive. She made it fun. Can you find the lowest Mm. price butter? What, What will it cost us? if we buy this milk versus this milk. She also would make it into almost a treasure hunt. So if we went shopping for clothes for back to school, my mom would give us a limit. You have to find, you you can only get a shirt if it's under $5. So all of a sudden, it became a scavenger hunt between my sister and I to find shirts that were $5. Uh, Solution similar, number yeah, three, right? Yes, a similar <laughs> trick that my parents did when we would go on vacation. We got allowances, and and my dad was an economist, so you know allowances. We all worked and everything, but on vacation we get a little extra money for souvenirs and stuff. But instead of nagging our parents, they would give us a set amount. 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, you have whatever it was, you know, $5 to spend while we're in Key West for five days or whatever, wherever we were. And, and I did that again with my kids. And it took the money out of a constant negotiation with the parents and always the kids knowing that if they nag you enough, there's always more. And, you know, when that money was gone, it was gone. And having a few regrets about what you bought, like I blew my whole $5 on this hat that I don't even like. <laughs> yes. Another piece that you raised that I think is really key is bank accounts young. So a lot of people don't have savings accounts and something that parents can do with their kids. And I remember my dad took us to the local bank in Minneapolis where I grew up and my sister and I brought a bunch of change with us and we both proudly walked in with our change and we walked out with a little book that we could keep track of all of our money. And by the way, all of our money was probably about a dollar thirty seven at that time. And it was I was quite young at the time. But that's also a great way for parents to start instilling those benefits in their kids. And living in a big city, it's easy to think that banks are commodities, but but often there are some pretty friendly local banks out there who will help you with There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This. We're talking a little bit about financial myths or misconceptions, and I'm always interested in government policies that might lead people down the wrong path. And one of the areas is home mortgages and the pros and cons of owning your own home. We always hear about the pros, how you know it's the path to economic security, but we almost never hear about the cons. So how can people figure out whether owning their own home is a good idea for them or not? It's a, that's a really difficult question. I think personally, it's a difficult question. I, my husband and I, full disclosure, have grappled with this question ourselves. We are still renters in New York City. And part of the reason for that is that we have looked at our cost of living over the next four to five years. And we've determined that even with 5% increases in our rental costs, we will always be paying less in rent than we will on a mortgage. And what do you say when people say, well, you're just throwing your money away? I say I'm buying flexibility. If you're building savings for the purpose of something, whatever that something is for you, then you're not just throwing your money away. For for example, we have a cushion on the side that we're building. We may end up purchasing a home at some point in time, but we might choose to do other things with it, investing in education for ourselves, um, investing in new job training and skill training, or Sometime, maybe we're going to start a business with that money. Right now, there's so many young people who are living in cities where the cost of owning a home is 
outrageous. It's it's gone up in many cities 20, 30 percent over the last five years. And it makes it almost impossible, especially when wages haven't gone up that much for people to pay for it. What about the five year rule that you don't buy anywhere unless you feel pretty certain that you're going to be around in that area or or can live at that address for at least five years. That's a really important rule for people to think about. If you're very certain that you're going to be in that place for the next 10 years, that's a good reason to start thinking about buying a home. One of the things that concerns me sometimes when lower income people are really encouraged to buy homes, but maybe they live in areas that aren't so great because they're lower income, and then they lose a very key thing to economic progress. They lose mobility. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about scams. Um, you report on scams. What are people falling for the most and, and why? I think the number one thing people are falling for these days is information. And what I mean by that is any scam artist who wants to know a lot of information about you has more access. I'm not even talking about your social security number. They just can go public and get a lot of information. And what's happening is once they get your phone number and they know all of this information, and we're, I've, I've heard about you know a number of IRS scams. A lot of people fall for phone calls because the scam artist will call you up and essentially tell you everything about yourself. In so you think to, they're legit because so they know legit, so much. Exactly, because they know so much about you. And ultimately, they're lying and they essentially get a lot of people to believe because they know so much information. Right. And then you have a lot of scamming around taxes. Oh, a huge amount. So the one of the newest scams is the uh, it's the student tuition fee scam. So there's this group of scammers who one of the things that they find out about you is where you're at school where you're enrolled, because most people share that on social media. And they call up and they say, I know you're enrolled here. I know that you're going to graduate at this time. Well, guess what? You didn't pay the student tuition fee on your IRS, on your last taxes. And if you don't pay that fee right now, your 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 student loans are going to go bust. You're not going to finish the school year out. You're not going to get... They use a, a bunch of different things. And one of the tactics, by the way, is to be very aggressive in these phone calls to suggest that you're going to get arrested, that a lot of things you've worked really hard to accomplish aren't going to work out. So that's something that really upsets me when I hear people falling for. And tax authorities never call you. Yeah, they're not going to call you. One other thing, and I, I mean, probably people listening know this, but it's important to to reiterate, uh, a lot of these scams, they'll ask you to pay by a gift card. Some of them are even an <laughs> iTunes really? gift card. Yes, and, and people have fallen for it. The IRSA is not going to call you. They're not going to tell you to pay over the phone with a credit or debit card. They're certainly not going to ask you to pay with a iTunes gift card. So when we look at solutions, we, we've covered a lot of good things for individuals. You're an advocate for better financial education. Where should that take place? Well, I think some of it has to take place in the home where it all begins. I really do. I think that it's it's very difficult to just teach this in a classroom, not to say that it's not worth teaching in a classroom, because I think that it's important to teach there. But that habit part of it is what's so key. And is there a is there a role for the government in this? Well, I think that in the school system, in my opinion, there should be financial literacy training in the same way that we have history class in the same way that there's math class class or health class. So there, there's a missing piece there that I do believe needs to happen in the school system. But again, if you're not coupling that with habit and something that's taking place in the home, then I think that it will be less effective. But at the same time, parents who don't know or don't have the background in financial education, 
if they're expected to teach their kids and they don't have it, you get another generation. It becomes uh, a terrible cycle. What can employers do? Because I think many employers are not doing nearly enough. They offer a 401k, they offer a match, and that's it. You're on your own. I agree. Well, one thing that I think is really simple is that there's a disconnect right now between the training and the actual doing. And what I mean by that is a lot of people, they come into an office on day one and they go through a long course with HR and then they're given a bunch of forms and they're expected to go leave that room and somehow find the time to fill out the forms. Imagine and it's their first day exactly. and they're overwhelmed. <laughs> exactly. Imagine if in that very meeting on day one, you fill out the forms that you're being told that, you know, are life and death. You got to fill this out. I actually think that that anything that gets people a little bit closer to doing these things because you're you're being asked to do them right away when you're being told about the importance of them is great. I do think that some of the new financial technology companies that are out there are great as well because they're cutting out any of the complexities. They're cutting out all of the question marks. Like, for instance, Mint was like one Mint. example. Mint is a great example. Um, and I'm not endorsing no, these companies. No. I want to make that very clear. I'm just interested in what they're doing. So there's a company called Betterment. There's a company called Wealthfront. If you're uh, if you're working in the gig economy and you have a job that is not a full time employer, you might be self employed. Those are places to look. There's also a really interesting company called Bloom. It's B L O O M. They help people who have 401ks through their employers. They help you make sure that you have the right portfolio for a relatively low cost. And so they help maximize the value potential of your portfolio, which I think is an interesting business model too. And women especially have uh, particular challenges. What makes their financial story different? Well, a couple of things. First off, women, many women are going to take time off after they have a baby. That's part of it. So you're going to have a gap there in your income. Women's salaries tend to peak before men's salaries. And women tend to live longer than men. So ultimately, when you're thinking about that retirement savings, you're going to have to do even more and start earlier if you're going to have that money, that cushion for when you retire. We recently went to a financial planner, my wife and I. And the thing I discovered that I didn't know about is that um, you have something called a spousal IRA. And the spouse who makes the most money, if they retire a little bit later, when that spouse dies, the surviving spouse gets the higher Social Security payment. Which is why it's a good idea to make the spouse that's making more money work longer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. So to quote Cheryl Crow, what's your favorite mistake? So this is real, and it's a little embarrassing to share. I waited too long to start paying off my student loans. I didn't realize how quickly after graduation I needed to start paying, and my parents had co-signed on them. So my parents actually contacted me because they were the ones checking the mail, making sure that they were getting paid, and said, hey, Rebecca, what's going on here? We need you to pay for this because our credit score is getting impacted as much as your credit score is getting impacted. And I took that very seriously and I paid it. And and by the way, part of the reason I did the job that I did out of college was because I was thinking about those student loans. It was like, if I don't do this job and I go straight to journalism, I'm never going to be able to pay these off. And so you went into the financial industry. Yeah. So I started out in investment banking. And a big reason I started out in investment banking is that I knew I'd be graduating with a fair amount of student loan debt. Rebecca, before you kick us out of your office, <laughs> give, give, it, give us something positive to go home with. 
I think the number one thing to go home with is to start the habit today. In the same way you think about your health, maybe you think about exercising, maybe you think about eating a little bit differently, start today doing the things that you would do for yourself physically, financially. Rebecca Jarvis. I usually say thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting us into your lovely office. I'm thrilled you guys were able to join me here, and thank you for having me. This is really interesting. I love your podcast. And we love Real Biz with RJ. Thanks. Which is on Facebook Live and also online on the ABC News site, too. Thanks, guys. So... Richard, what seems like a dry topic is actually such an important topic. And what I think is really important about this whole thing is it's not as complicated as I think many people think it is to get started. That a lot of just simple tweaks and automatic habits, big I think the automatic element is is really important. I love the advice about kids, doing responsibility in kids, which kind of fits in with so many of the shows we've done about avoiding being a helicopter parent or hovering over kids. Well, giving your kids some financial freedom. You know, Lenora Skenazy talked about letting kids go out and play and not worrying every second. Well, giving them some financial independence and well, not supervising about, every purchase. You know, making it a game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think her, her mom did a great job. Yes, well, <laughs> clearly. So, um, but also I do think we as a country are cruising towards a very dangerous situation when you have such a large number of people who are so unprepared for retirement. And, you know, then there's going to be pressure for new government programs or some way of fixing the problem. And of course, I, as the libertarian in the group, always worried that that means ultimately you penalize the ants who save their money and reward the grasshoppers. Yeah. One of the things that I think would be a really good idea is to look carefully what Australia is doing, which is they actually tax their university graduates a little bit more than people who don't go to university and don't get the benefit of that education. And the tax rates just slightly higher, say, a, a, a penny on the dollar. And, um, and their university and, and, is, is highly subsidized by the government. Right. So but, it's a way of paying back. Yeah. Another area that I think that Rebecca raised that's very interesting is websites that help you save money. Right. Like that, Mint and some of the yeah, others. Mint.com, in my experience, is one really good And example. as she said, this is not an endorsement. <laughs> but, 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 you know, if you're looking for ways to make it automatic, so it's not something you have to be all virtuous and remember. Yeah and make a special effort, these things become more systematized. And I think the other thing is is that in order to get started, you don't have to like read a stack of newspapers or go to all the online sites. You can just begin modestly and slowly with right. this. And even saving money in the less than perfect investment is better than not saving. Okay. All right. All so, good tips. <laughs> okay, great. It's how do we fix it? I'm Richard Davis. And I'm Jim Meggs. And our producer is Miranda Schaefer, who did suggest that we ask several questions that got some right. pretty good answers. And so for all of you loyal listeners, this is our first podcast recorded outside the studio. And uh, we'll be doing this more, visiting people in their offices, going on the road. And uh, so let us know what you think, even if you have thoughts about sound quality or production, but also future guests and any comments are always welcome. And where we should go to, apart from taking a jump off a bridge. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for joining us. The show is produced by Davies Content. We make digital audio for companies and nonprofits. Check us out at DaviesContent.com.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.